Hello and welcome to the Social Recruiting Show. I'm Katrina Collier, candidate and engagement author and speaker who cannot speak this Friday. I'm joined by my gorgeous co-host, Audrey Knight, employer branding genius, who is actually super excited to be able to grill today's guest. Who's Carl Hoffman, your founder, CEO of Talentry, which I just learned to pronounce one minute ago. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> Um, you want to start by kind of giving us your background, how you got into the recruitment field or HR tech field? Yeah, sure. So first of all, happy to be on the show. Uh, looking forward. A bit exciting. My first live uh, podcast. So let's see what happens. Um, yeah. So I, what did I do before? Actually, I started Telegy directly from university. It was more from the kind oh, of wow. candidate candidate point of view. Yeah. So all of my, um, you know, all of, of the students were finished with university. Um, and basically everyone already had a job and no one was really looking for a job anymore. And, and we were asking ourselves, okay, something has changed on the market. And, and always when we asked our, um, yeah, the, the other students, they were always saying that they got a job through referrals. Yeah, they knew somebody or they did an internship before. So we saw the way people actually yeah, get, get a job nowadays is not like that, that funnel yeah, where you kind of uh, apply for a job and then you have the typical application pro uh, process. It's more, um, yeah, actually it's, it's more the experience you have before mm. and, uh, you, and, and, and then you build a relationship uh, with the employer and um, yeah, and we saw that's kind of the way people nowadays make decisions and um, we found it interesting to um, allow companies to um, hire more people through referrals and that's kind of how we started with Talentry. See, that's how recruitment used to be way back in the day. Like, I'd yeah. be like, oh, Dad, who, you know, I need a job. And Dad would be like, go talk to Uncle Rob. And Uncle Rob would be like, yeah, go talk to Larry. And that's how you get a job. Yeah. I mean, it, so you're kind of bringing it back. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, back then, um, many companies were also relying on, on headhunters because the market was already changing. Um, so they gave, gave lots of money to, to headhunters to find IT staff um and um yeah job ads weren't working as good anymore and so we we said okay let's let's find a way to make active sourcing more scalable through the employees networks yeah so wow i can't believe you've been doing that since uni it's quite extraordinary mm -hmm. but also i think about cost versus getting a headhunter versus um you know just asking for referrals yeah so, yeah of course i mean you can can reduce your costs a lot yeah and uh, I mean, talking about my, my own cost of living, I think there was a big, big advantage starting directly after university because you don't have a very, very high standard of living. So, <laughs> yeah, you can basically just save costs what you need to do as a startup. Um, yeah. You can just, just try out whether it works or not. So that was a big advantage we had back then. I imagine the other advantage is you don't have a jaded opinion of the recruitment industry before you even start. Because <laughs> if you were to do it yeah. now, you might think differently. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's very different. So what's, where is the company going now? So I know you had a press release the other day. That was something yeah. quite new. Do you want to tell us a bit about that before we get yeah. onto the topic? Yeah, so, so we, we started with employee referrals. Um, then we launched an employee advocacy module. So we generated lots of leads for the companies through the employees' networks. And then more and more companies were approaching us and asking whether um, we also have the opportunity to kind of nurture those relationships they already built to through mm -hmm. the employees networks uh, because often there you only hire one person but you have 10 qualified leads 
Um, yeah. and, and so, yeah, pretty much one and a half years ago, we said, okay, let's do something for this and and um, and, and launch a candidate relationship management system. Um, and yeah, that's something we just launched and we're, we're very proud of. Yeah. Wow. So how big is the team now? We are uh, 55 employees at the moment. Wow. Yep. Yeah. It's a nice uh, size. You still know each other. Yeah. What's yeah, your specific role within that? Do you manage just certain teams, or what's your specific role within that? Yeah, I must say like this. This gets more and more difficult to say what I'm really doing. <laughs> In the beginning, I was always saying, "Yeah, I'm, I'm doing sales, kind of." Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and now it's more. You know, I'm yep. basically do, do everything and nothing, uh, if you want to say so. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Hang on, Daniel's here, isn't he? He can set me straight into what you actually do. <laughs> yeah, so so I mean, my, my, my role is, is is now the role of the of the CEO. So mm. I manage the relationships with the with all our investors. Um, uh, yeah, I take care of the culture and talentry that we hire the right people. Um, mm. I um, support our sales team. Um, I I'm involved in kind of discussions with uh, strategic partners. Um, I must say, it's really a lot about recruiting, actually. I would say most yeah. of the time would be yeah. probably recruiting. Yeah. And of course, importantly, Thirsty Thursdays. Yes. And Thirsty Thursdays, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was, I, was, I was just telling before that we had a, had a Thirsty Thursday party yesterday. So. Still a bit sad, uh, not sad, but uh, there you go, a bit, bit sleepy. Um, I think Audrey and I just have Thursday, Thirsty Thursday jealousy. I can't even say it. It's very hard to say. I don't need a company. I just have it at home on my own. Audra's actually recovering from her weekend. It was three gigs in a row, wasn't it, for your band? Yeah, so. I'm finally recovering. Yeah. yeah, which really helps. Did you find it quite hard? Because I, I haven't even got to the point of getting one employee because I've always thought I couldn't. I couldn't. How did, you, how did you go for like one to five? Was that quite hard? Yes, it, it it was hard, um, but we also did lots of mistakes going going already from one to yeah. five. Yeah? yeah, because I mean we didn't have much experience before. Um, we didn't have a kind of great brand. We didn't have much much money, much capital. So, yeah, yeah. I think you're you're not in the best position when you when you start a company. Um, mm. So yeah, we first started with interns and and didn't hire that many experienced people. So it was really more about kind of training yourself and um, yeah, reading blog posts and mm. kind of, you know, yeah, getting lots of knowledge about how you start a company, about the HR space mm. and um, um, yeah, but we, in, in the beginning, we, we hired lots of wrong people, if you want to say so, and, and learned a lot. Yeah, but that's quite normal though. I mean, I just yeah. think that the first hire is quite hard in itself. And then, cause having to let go, is it yeah. this baby that you've you've grown up and that kind of a yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, that was that was really tough. So I still remember we had one one decision where we we hired someone who was who was supposed to make um, uh, kind of lots of meetings. So he was doing all the cold mm. calls, and he was yeah. doing so many meetings that we didn't have um, yeah enough people who could kind of visit the customers and and, and kind of mm -hmm. do the meetings. Yeah, and and so we had to kind of. Because he, he did such a good job, we had to yeah. kind of change the position because we didn't have enough capital to also hire another person. So we yeah. said, look, we made too many meetings. We now have to hire someone who's actually doing the sales job. Yeah. So yeah. those were kind of the tough decisions in the, in the beginning. Yeah. I need one of those. Oh, that's the bit I hate. Yeah. <laughs> the cold calling. It sounds great. Yeah. Same customers mostly um, in Europe, your US too, or where are your major customer base? 
Yeah, so we, we started uh, in Germany as a, as a German company, and Germany is also a very, very big market, and let's also say very convenient market. Um, but we internationalized last year, so we also um, opened an office in London. We have two people um, uh, also working from London, um, and, and also um, address the, the Nordics and the, the Benelux. So those are also markets where we have our first customers. But still, most of our customers are actually based in Germany, Austria, Switzerland. Yeah. Do, you, do you plan on coming to the U.S. or is that not your? No, that's definitely on our, on our roadmap, but not for not for this year. So that's something we're planning to to address next year. Yeah. There's so much business here, isn't there? To be fair, yeah. in Europe. Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, I mean, there there are so many companies here also in mm. in, in Europe. Yeah, so even in Germany, probably mm. probably we wouldn't even have to address um, kind of markets outside of Germany. We could really grow a lot in, inside of Germany mm. because there are so many big companies. Yeah? Um, but the thing is, if you want to build a great product, uh, you have to become international because otherwise you build a very German product, which yes. fulfills the needs of of German recruiters. Uh, but of course, we want to we want to be, become a global big company, and that's why we said, okay, let's internationalize. And um, so, what are, what have you found the differences, say, between the Germans and the English recruiters and the, the Nordics and stuff? Is there a difference amongst the recruiters, or? Yeah, I, I would say in terms of market maturity, I would say probably UK and Germany are, are pretty, yeah, pretty much on the same level. Um, mm. So they already also have a very kind of. Yeah, a mindset where they do lots of active sourcing, you know, mm. where they treat candidates like customers, and, and I would say that yeah, well, they should treat. They should, or yeah, at <laughs> least they're talking about it at the conferences, and they, they think yeah. what they think, what they could do better, uh, yeah. and also use more modern technology from my point of view. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and I would say in, in the in the in the Nordics, um, we see that maybe the market is a bit behind, but it's kind of keeping up. So. Mm. Uh, we see companies already starting with active sourcing, but it's more, I would say, in the beginning. Um, mm. And and, uh, and Netherlands they're, they're a bit is a very more scared, aren't they? There's a bit more resistance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and Netherlands is a very very mature yeah. market from my very point mature. of view. Yeah, so they are kind of using lots of modern technology, lots of LinkedIn, and um, mm. yeah. But uh, very clever sourcing going on in, in uh, the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. but but mm. I was really surprised that actually all markets have the same problem. Yeah, so it's it's not a kind of talent shortage. It's not a German problem or a, or a UK problem. It's it's really a big global yeah. problem. Yeah. It was quite amazing when I spoke at a conference in Greece, which I don't think was last year. I think it might have been the year before. At this point, I've lost track. Um, the you would have thought there, where they had high unemployment, that they would it'd be easy to recruit, and it wasn't. Because yeah. they had the brain, the brain drain. So everyone yeah. in STEM is leaving. Yeah. And so of course they themselves were struggling to recruit. And you're just going, it's just crazy. There's such yeah. high unemployment in other areas. Yeah. And, so, and yeah. I think it, I think like if, if you think further, probably there will be jobs which will be very easy to find. Um, mm. Because when probably the economy is going down and you you also automate lots of stuff and you have lots of AI, probably mm. the the jobs which are automated there will be lots yeah. of unemployment in those areas but on the other side there will be a massive war for talent for software engineers and all those um, um positions so i think that's very interesting yeah. that kind of this gap will become very very big probably between lots of talent mm. shortage and really lots of unemployment yeah. maybe so i don't know because i worked in the bank when the teller machine came in and there are still tellers in the bank yeah, the, the jobs just shifted, you know, like 
I don't know. I suppose we'll find out. There needs to be people to support the, you know, the automation. Is yeah. yeah. But, but anyway, the work for talent uh, yeah. will be a thing for the next couple of yeah. tons of years. Yeah. See, I still think it's a fight for attention, which is why I'm quite interested in, in the candidate nurturing side of what you're talking about. Because mm. I think that, you know, that candidates are little keyboard warriors and Audra sends them a message and they're like Googling, oh, who's this Audra Knight? Oh, I don't like men with blue hair. Oh, not talking to her. Joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Audra, <laughs> she has finally laughed. Sorry. Her husband has blue hair currently. Um, so it's like that, you know, we're all under review and I'm not sure every recruiter's caught up with that. So from that, you're trying to get someone's attention. You're trying to, like, win it, that engagement piece. I personally think that's kind of more of the problem. Yeah. A lot of recruiters over here, they're not doing the candidate nurturing on the bigger scale, like the talent pools, and mm. that's where I think it's going to change a lot next year. More and more companies are doing that, keeping mm. them in touch and keeping people, you know, your brand out there so they know you, they heard of you, so that when the job comes up, you know, they're around. That's something I don't see much over here yet. It's totally happening, but slowly. Mm. Is it the same over yeah. there? Yeah, it's definitely the same. So uh, what we see is really that more and more companies start to put that engagement layer on top of the ATS and, mm. and build really a, a talent pool where they kind of, yeah, build relationships with candidates before mm. they apply and, and kind of keep them in the loop um, yeah, before they actually turn into to applicants, right? So what do you ask your clients to share? So they go and get you a piece of technology and they're going to keep their pool warm. What we have. Yeah. What yeah, do you so, I mean, they, so I, I think mm. this is something many companies actually struggle with, with good, with a good mm. content marketing strategy. So that's where we mm. see where, where companies always have the biggest pain. That's okay. Like, <laughs> we, we don't know what we should kind of share with, uh, with our employees. So what they always start mm. is, is sending a birthday card or something. Yeah. So they're like, hey, we, yeah. want to, uh, we want to say happy birthday every year so that they keep us in mind. And yeah, and, mm. and that's kind of some, some kind of engagement they, they always want to do. Um, but I, I, I think what, what, what really helps is when you do lots of, lots of events um, where you mm. have really good quality events, good meetups, um, where you invite the, the people in your, your pool to those events and they can really... And, and, and yeah, they get in, in, in touch with, with, the, with the real work the, um, uh, the company is doing and, and right mm. with the employees so that they can connect with them and, uh, and, and really build stronger relationships at those events. So between mm. offline and online. Um, and, and I think that's something what, what, what I would always try to do to really kind of keep them mm. in the loop and, and not only sending them birthday cards or birthday messages, but also try to kind of get them into the company, do some events and some more offline mm. events so that to connect my employees with the, with the candidates, right? Mm. I think that, that's very And show them inside. Actually, Zalando yeah. does that very well over yeah. there. Yeah, sorry, I know that's Berlin, but close. Yeah. It's in the country. Yeah. I, I told you, I'm from Berlin, so I've, I've not been yeah. for, for any company <laughs> coming, coming from Berlin. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah they so, do that really well. So. And, and, and of course, what we, what we also offer, like also talking about content, is, is an employee advocacy module. So what we really like is when companies uh, get to engage in content or have, have engaged in content in place where they have kind of good videos, um, mm -hmm. maybe just interviews with their employees where they enjoy working for the company. I think it's, it's important that we have lots of authenticity and that it's very authentic. Um, but when you have then your employees sharing that content also with your friends or with people in the talent pool, and you kind of nurture those relationships through your employees. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's 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 very strong. 
Um, so How does I, I that work that, from a cultural point of view? I'm just thinking the Germans are quite conservative and quite guarded, except Berlin. Um, <laughs> how do you, they, but they are. I, like, I'm grossly generalising the entire population. Yeah. I appreciate that. But there is a reserve. They're always a bit more resistant to, you know, doing some naughty sourcing or sharing. So is that changing? <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 definitely changing. I, I think the companies are sometimes a bit too 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 slow and really kind of um, executing it. So mm -hmm. when you go to the all all those events, they have been talking about the same topics for the last five years, and right. then, then next year they're still talking about it, but they just don't do it. They don't execute. Um, so, but um, I, I think the the mindset at least has has changed actually in all companies, and they're just looking for ways how they can actually kind of um, yeah execute their strategy. That's really cool. I, I'm going back to Zalando again, they have a very good blog from their product designers on Medium. If you're looking for examples to show your clients, can't recommend it enough. It's really okay. clever because the product designers write it with lots of advice for others and therefore they all get attracted to the blog and then on the bottom, it's like a little, would you like to work for us? So Yeah, exactly. I think those are the things which, which work really well. Yeah, I also know lots, lots of startups. And, and we are also, for instance, planning to, to do kind of having our engineers blogging because yeah. you because then just see with which technology you're working with, uh, what they yeah. really like. And, mm. um, and that's something um, yeah, where they might consider to also even apply. Yeah. Mm. What about your clients like that just don't have any content yet? Like that's really common over here. They have a recruitment team that is super, super busy with 50 recs each and they're not, they don't have time to blog or I get the engineering part, but say they, they're like, where do I even start? We have nothing. Where do you, yeah. how do you get this kind of get the mindset and get started? Yeah. So um, I, I, like what we always try to teach them is that it doesn't have to be very kind of professional content. So I, I think it's, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes they just kind of they try yeah. to reinvent the wheel. But I mean, actually, you just need a camera. You think of a good format. You ask the questions, and you just kind of uh, ask mm -hmm. your employees, and you put it on on our platform, and then employees can share it. And if it's authentic, mm -hmm. um, it's it's a cool yeah. message. Um, so I think there's there, there's there are lots of good examples for for authentic content out there. And sometimes you just kind of need to push the customers that you just try it out, and then they yeah. then they will see that it's it's working. Um, and then also sometimes um, when, when customers say, look, we don't have any good content and, and we kind of really look into some kind of marketing content, there's actually often also kind of huge portion of employer branding related content um, on their website or uh, mm. on the, some social media channels, um, which, is, which has been created by the marketing team, but which, has, which is also doing the job for employer branding from my point of view. Mm -hmm. um, and so we also kind of try to yeah, educate them that they can also reuse other content <laughs> they have not created and just kind of put in our platform. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's, it's a, funny it's a how they, they don't, sometimes they're not talking to each other, isn't it? So you've got the yeah. recruiters here and employed branding over here, not not sharing. Marketing. Yeah. Marketing. Yeah. Here, over here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and and sometimes really you have the you have the best employer branding campaigns, really attractive content. And yeah. then candidates try to apply and they first have to register. And, uh. Uh, and, and it, it, it's, it's just not like you, you really can see as a candidate from a candidate point of view that there was a, recruit, uh, a marketing team, yeah, which thought yeah. of a great campaign. But when it really comes to recruiting and kind of having a good candidate experience to apply, it's changing completely. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that's where you need to kind of yeah, tear down oh, the wall yeah. between employer branding and recruiting. Yeah? 
Audra, tell um, Carl about your husband with the that application that asked for like social security number. And, all that. and it wasn't that. It was um. Well, I have that has happened in the past, but it yeah. asked his grandmother's maiden name and his mother's maiden name to apply for a job. So all of the security questions that you'd use to log into PayPal and things like that, it was asking okay. for all of those. Are <laughs> banking or like yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, and it made it into the book. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's crazy. But yeah, exactly right. You go through this process and suddenly there's this huge obstacle. It's just crazy. It used to yeah. be more acceptable. You used to kind of expect it to take an hour to fill out an application, like a while, a long time ago. Yeah. Now it's like, dude, I spent three minutes, I'm done. I can't even, like, you, yeah. just, you expect it to be faster now. Yeah. It's online, sh online um, shopping, isn't it? Click, click, click. And you know yeah. what it's like. If you can't pay for it, you're like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow yeah. and then you never do. Yep, exactly. But that's also something I like a lot about candid relationship management, because you can just collect data over a certain point of time. Because, of course, when you want to hire someone, you also need some data, probably not the social security number or something, but you want to have certain, <laughs> certain data to, to base your decision on. Um, mm. and, and, and that's what I think where candid relationship um, uh, management is really helpful, that you can just collect data over a kind of long period of time and you just have a candidate mm. profile um, where you kind of fill the gaps and, and mm. kind of, but but more in a in a way where you kind of build a relationship and you give something and you take mm. something from the candidate, and and not like how it's happening today. You have an application mask and you say, look, uh, here's the way to apply, and now give us mm. kind of twenty answer twenty questions. Uh, that's yeah. not a, a fair process. Uh, and I, I, mean, I think, I think there are helps. some instances. So it should be an either or. Have you got a CV? Upload it. You don't have a CV? Okay, quick answer these questions because a lot yeah. of the kids coming through probably don't have CVs or resumes. So yeah. it, it shouldn't be a both, ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, especially when you do active sourcing, mm. uh, you can't mm. expect that they already have a have a CV. Yeah, they have a social media profile, and <laughs> you're, yeah, exactly. If you're yeah. if you're reaching out to them, yeah. Actually, technically, mine would be ten years old. <laughs> it actually is. Sorry, I'm just realizing that's what I left the world of work. I don't even <laughs> it's have part one, of like my business. Mine. Yeah. My last one is from the one I made, uh, kind of where I made an internship during university. Yeah. I literally don't have one. That's quite funny. So Orchard's the only one that's got anything up to date, probably. So. Oh, yeah. what? Um, what has... oh sorry. Oh, actually, go for that. No, uh, Michael Cox. Hello. <laughs> um, Mary's been very chatty as well. Welcome to our show. I think it's the first time Mary's been here. Um, Mary's speaking for me at Disrupt HR in Glasgow. I'm so excited. Um, our ATS provider sends emails to my boss expressing concerns about my constant requests to cut the app process down to send CV first. I'll oh, send CV first name, email, phone number. Done. Love it. Brilliant. So you just keep getting in trouble from your ATS provider. Oh, we don't want to make it easier. We want to tell on you to your boss. Oh, my God. Jeez. Are you going to name and shame your ATS provider? Come on. Yeah, give it to us. There's so many. I mean, there's it has to be brass, brass ring, brass ring. But, oh. That's a name of it? Is that the name of an ATS? That's wow. brilliant. That's the problem. There's so many old, cool old ATSs with such bad... Like sort, like yeah. tracking of sources and that bad. Even, I think yeah. sometimes there's also the attitude of the the TA. Sorry, for everyone, I'm offending, but the TA leaders. So someone was asking in the group about onboarding, and I went, "Really, you should go look at Onboarder. It's the best pre-boarding tool out there." But it's all about marketing. It's not about 
onboarding as in here's your contract here's some boring finance documents let's security check you shut down i was completely ignored my comment was just like <laughs> not even a, a humor oh i'll go and have a look but, oh god bad attitude not good at all i got i have a question um <laughs> when do you think it's appropriate and tactful to ask people to um to put their jobs on social media like specific jobs you know they have a new one that's really you know and they have people in their network that might be interested how do you do that tactfully without being like hot job on linkedin and just annoying people so you mean uh, how how employees can um, or, or or how mm. we enable employees to post jobs on social media from the employer yeah we talked about content in general and like more yeah. specific but what about jobs yeah. like is that appropriate when is it appropriate how do you do it tactfully yeah, so, so I mean, in that case, I would have to talk about kind of the, the technical solution, what we kind of what we actually do at, at, at Talentry. So mm -hmm. first of all, kind of we inform the right people about the right jobs. I think this is very important mm -hmm. that not like always when a job comes up and, and you don't have the relevant network for it, you're informed about every job. So it's only when you're working, for instance, in marketing, you're informed about a marketing job and, and you can kind of select your interests yeah? and, and, and then you receive a push notification. Um, when kind of your your employer is um, yeah, um, posting a job, um, and and then we just make it extremely easy for the employees to to share it with their network. Yeah, so they can either kind of share it on Facebook, Sing, LinkedIn, whatever network they're, they're using. Um, and and most companies also have some kind of gamification behind it. Um, so what we can also offer is that you can um, you can allocate different points for different actions the employees are doing. So for instance, you could say when you post a job on kind of LinkedIn, you get five points. If someone is kind of clicking on that job, you get another two points um, and so on. And, and, and mm -hmm. then you can kind of swap those points into an incentive um, where you just have a catalog. And, and this don't only have to be monetary incentives, could also be kind of parking on the uh, parking spot of the CEO or you know, <laughs> stuff, stuff like this. You don't always have oh, to pay Oh, Kant is up his parking spot. <laughs> I, I come to work by bike, yeah, so I, I can Wise move. I can, I can offer to... Please park in my spot. <laughs> <laughs> I can offer a free bike ride. Um, but uh, I, I, yeah. I think that this is, this is very, um, yeah, this, this, this is very, very helpful um, when uh, you have some kind um, of incentive. Who's your colleague over here who I spoke to about your product? His name's gone out of my head. Oh, not Daniel, your other gentleman who showed me the, the referral side. Because you're feeding into the dopamine, aren't you, with the instant referral. So if someone refers, they get an instant perk, be it a coffee or free lunch. That's, or, cool. That's unusual. Yeah. Well, it's like, wasn't it? It was something like that. Carl will have to explain. Yeah, I can't like remember. That. That was yeah, I mean, yeah. So that's also something something you could do right, in, in that case. So mm. any any incentive system you have in, in place, that's something we can mm. we can set up, uh, and, and yeah. that's really cool. But um, yeah, I, I mean, but, but you can't buy referrals. Yeah. So either incentive mm. system you have in place, if you just don't have a referral culture, uh, mm. it's probably it's probably not working. So that's mm. also something where I always I would, I would always look for. I mean, typically yeah. you have those. Those NPS questions, right? Where they, where you ask yeah. your employees, uh, would you refer us as a company? And when ninety nine percent say no, <laughs> where's the sense in kind of implementing a referral program? Please so, don't buy our good. referral tool. Please don't. Please don't. Yeah. We don't That's want right. that bad reputation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So probably. Yeah. yeah Many companies use the NPS because it's not very common over here. I definitely see the benefit. I think it's cool, but it's just not very common over here. Is it over there? 
Yeah, it actually it actually is. Yeah, I would say most companies do it. Not on a on a on a, on a monthly basis. I would say on every six months, yearly. Um, I think they could do more often. I mean, there are more tools mm-hmm. in place which really measure your your NPS um, um, yeah, constantly. I, um, I just think they should have the little happy or not thing like you have at yeah. the airport, you know, when you pass through customs, was it good or bad or how the bathroom's clean? There should be one of those at the door every day. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have yeah. some idea of the vibe going on in the office. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. And I mean, that's also also stuff I, in our company, think think a lot of as a, as a CEO, like what can yeah. we do that they stay at our company? And, and, and so we ask this very regularly, those kind of questions where we have a survey and then we just, yeah ask them what they would improve um, and, and yeah, ask lots of questions to know what we can improve as an employer. Yeah. I would have the CEO having an actual parking space rather than cycling to work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do if you've got a customer where you're, you can see that they don't have a referral culture? I mean, mm. do you like walk away and go like, I don't want to be associated with that. The tool's not going to work. They're going to hate us or... So yeah, I, I would love to say we say no, yeah. But I guess, but I guess, it, I guess depending on the price, like if if it's, yeah. it's a really big customer and, and and kind of the ticket is really high, maybe we would still say let's work on your culture together and, and make it a, a good project. Yeah. So you will have those hard conversations with them and say like, we have to <laughs> ignore order in the chat comment comment um <laughs> but do you have to have you had those hard conversations where you're like oh, you really yeah, do so have to put your culture out yeah i mean we typically focus on enterprise customers so you typically yeah. have also really a, a sales cycle where you also build a relationship mm. with your customers so you talk a lot yeah. about also those aspects and and mm. part of the qualification criteria um yeah. uh, kind of those kind of questions we we ask mm. so that's on, and and I mean you don't you don't you don't always have to ask them. You can also go on Glassdoor or kind of yeah. other platforms, and you already get a first impression of how the culture yeah. is like. Yeah. And they just don't take them seriously. Then yeah. it's not even you saying anything negative. It's like, dude, it's right there. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. What other yeah, but, popular over there? Is Kanunu popular over there? Are there yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, no one is using Glassdoor in, in Germany. Um, most Kanunu, people really use Kanunu. Yeah. Um, so that's something which and maybe indeed it, the indeed reviews are quite powerful as well. Yeah, so, not yeah. so in Germany, just Canuno. Not so in Germany, yeah. I would say yeah. it's really just just Canuno. Yeah. yeah. So that's something yeah. that companies try to to improve their Canuno score. Yeah. Hmm. Well, hopefully they read them and actually go, "I'll oh, improve my processes. That'll improve my score yeah. rather than flagging it." Yeah. <laughs> but it's good reviews. <laughs> It's quite funny. I know I was just looking for a new vet because I just had a really bad vet experience. So I'm like going through and I read all of the reviews on every site I could find for this vet before I rang them up. And you're just yeah. like, why wouldn't it's an employee's career? I'm just doing that for my vet. Like, yeah, why but, but, do but, that? And why do companies yeah. not take it seriously? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but like, that's yeah. exactly the thing I wanted to kind of tell in the beginning that the way we do decisions has, has, has from mm. my point of view, changed completely. Yeah. So now it's really before you interact with a with a buyer or also with the employer you first kind of already start to get, get lots of um, information so you already yeah. start with a much higher um, or you're, you're much much more educated before you actually already start the, the conversation with the, with the employer so probably most employers don't even know which candidates mm. don't apply because they have bad reviews or something because the decision is already based before yeah? based on the experience they had with the uh, employer long before the application mm. process yeah. mm. 
I'm going to address this. So, yeah, because um, Mike Cox is written here, but obviously on the glass door, there are some very fake reviews. And I'm not denying when I went through the vet reviews, there were definitely fake ones on there. But I do think if you have enough and there's a common thread the whole way through, you can balance out your very angry and your very avid employees and go, oh, okay, there's a thing going on here. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's easy to tell which ones are from the recruiters. <laughs> <laughs> we love our company. It's fab. Yeah, I whatever. Have <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a question yeah. about your reviews just for a second. Um, how do you feel about the you know paying big bucks for referrals once they've stayed you know three months? You get a thousand dollars or a two thousand dollar bonus. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think it works or doesn't work? Or I mean, a lot of companies yeah. Really do that. Yeah. Um, I would say most of our customers, probably 99%, uh, do it that way. Um, and and I, I think it's it's good to have some kind of, of of incentive. So, but more like that they do it again. So you you can buy referrals in the first place. But if they kind of get something like yeah, 500 euros or 1,000 euros afterwards as a, as a thank you, they feel more appreciated and probably do it again uh, because they had a positive experience um, and, and, and will do it again. But you, you can go to your employees and say, look, we know we have a bad culture, but you get 2,000 euros if you refer us as a company, uh, they still won't refer. So that's something we, we really mm. saw. And what we also saw is that the, the amount um, that the companies pay. So we had a we had a very extreme example where a company was paying fifteen thousand uh, euros for one referral, and they didn't get more referrals than than other customers. Yeah? Yeah. So so that's something where we could see that you yeah you can't buy referrals. It's not yeah. working. I like the idea of the instant because it it is kind of not mm. exciting when you wait have to wait three months and then get your reward. Like with kids, like. They tell you like you got to give them whatever yes or no right away in three yeah. months from now. It's just not. It's yeah. That have, even more so, have created our dependency on that dopamine hit, that like notification. Oh, yeah. the leaderboards, I guess, helps with that. Yeah. But it's but even still, if you've taken the time to write it in, you want that instant reward, don't you? Yeah, I mean that's something what what works really well when you have your when you do something and you directly get a push notification, thank you, and you. You have some benefit out of it, whether it's a coffee or uh, or a lunch or whatever. But that's something um, the, the employees really really like, and, and what really drives um, engagement. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think the, the the reward is not is not as important. Like in Germany, mm. it's even worse. Sometimes companies have to, like we have a six month probation period. Yeah, so uh, then you have the whole application process. So often after you made the referral, you mm. wait nine months after you get a, a reward. And I mean, that's not so, so motivating. No. So, so do you like get it. lots of, we call it, uh, well, they're starting to call it candidate ghosting, which just, of course, makes me very, very laugh a lot because recruiters have been ghosting for years. But um, in that six-month notice period, do you get lots of people drop out of the process and not start them? Uh, in, in Germany in general or? Just as far as you're aware, because it, it's happening a lot. I know it's happening in the U.S. a lot and it's happening here a lot where people just don't start. Because <laughs> oh, they, so in so the interim, they... in the six months, they could be getting other job offers, wow. interviews, yeah. and yeah, because if they're not pre-boarded properly, so I give Audra an offer, and then I never talk to her, and expect her to turn up, and day one, she's not going to. But okay, so, so, so not during probation period, you mean even before, like when you're in the kind of notice so, period with your. 
So what? No, once they, you know, you said it's a six-month notice period, so they resign. No, probation period, not not notice period. Notice period is oh, three months. Yeah, it's not not. That's not long. Three, three months is still really long. Three months is a long time. So we you have two weeks, right? We have four weeks. You have three months. Three yeah. months is a long time. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I did mishear that. Why? I don't have Thursday Thursday as an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, but but still, I mean, it's 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 happening sometimes, I think, but but not that often. It rather happens that you hire someone and in the probation period, you somehow find out that it's, yeah, you did a wrong job in recruitment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why is it so long, the three months? Do you know why? It seems crazy long. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just something which is more kind of, I would say, standard from a, from a company point of view, that they say, look, um, we, we want to stay. Uh, we want to keep our our employees as long as we can, and and want to have enough time to find someone else when they leave. Um, so yeah. I I want to get rid of them once they resign. They're not interested in being there anymore. You might as well shut them yeah. out the door. No, bye. Yeah. <laughs> not all. Obviously, you need some kind of handover. But if they really yeah. are wanting to go, it's probably like. Yeah, and and, and during, but but during probation period you only have two weeks uh, notice period. Yeah. yeah. So so that's, so that's why they, yeah. they say look in, in the six months it's, it's a bit longer so you can really see whether whether it's matching and, like and if it does I mean then they should stay anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, we hope they're doing a great job interviewing and they're using your referral tool to be referred in by people who want to work with them and know what they're like. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So it's quite exciting. So what's next on the, the project plan, other than taking over the US at some point next year? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, of course, we we build our, our, our product. So um, mm. we we want to, to create something like a recruiting wheel. Yeah, so mm -hmm. we really want to, I mean, we, we started that we connected employer branding and recruiting and mm. kind of by, by implementing referrals and kind of relationship management. And the mm. next thing we see is also kind of um, the, the whole retention topic, yeah, in terms of um, allowing internal engagement and internal mobility uh, mm. of, of candidates um, that, that they stay longer. Because of yeah. course, when you have less employees leaving and you have, have less retention, that you, then you don't need as much recruiting. Um, yeah, so, exactly. so I often have the feeling that they only see the KPIs they have in their departments. So they have the employer branding KPIs, the recruiting mm. KPIs, and maybe some retention KPIs. Mm. But the people in recruiting probably don't even know the KPIs of, um, of, uh, yeah. um, of, of talent management. There's, yeah? there's, there are very few tools. So when I was doing that bit of the book, there are very few tools that really show like across the company so, you know, Carl over here is doing this project and I could go work on it or Audra could go work on it and we don't see it. And the only tool, and it's only for huge enterprises, is ProFinder, which is really okay. great at being able to sort of see who's got what skills and what they're doing and, and map across um, with sort of, oh, what's it called? It's gone out of my head. That technology that does that, but what projects are going on so that they're matching people all the time. So that would be something to look at because there's, nobody's doing it that that will help retention because people mm -hmm. want to stay interested and learn and and but that might mean a move it might and there's, yeah. there are very few tools that do it well so i'll send yeah, you the link afterwards so you can have a squeeze it's very very cool that would be good, but I mean, like, and also the, the the things we discussed, right? I mean, that way we already have the employees using our our app, so it's also much easier to ask things like a net promoter score or like the idea you just had: are you happy or not? Yeah, and yeah. You just have those kind of instant campaigns, and you already mm -hmm. get a feeling 
whether your employees kind of feel 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 good yeah. and then you have a good yeah. culture in place or or not. Uh, mm. and I think you always need to see it as a whole uh, in, in the organization yeah. and not only the narrow recruiting piece or the narrow uh, employer branding piece. Mm. But, but yeah. yeah, but of course just that's just that's just one part of engagement, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it takes more than that to get people to stay. Exactly. So, yeah. How often do you specifically ask? Your company, you know, how happy they are. <laughs> Sir, what? Only on Thursday, Thursday, every three months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good timing. Yeah, to, to ask, after the party. That's for the last door review. <laughs> yeah. 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 Can you just yeah. write it now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So today, everyone is busy writing last door reviews. Yeah. Um, mm. no. No, but yeah, we, we do that on a, on a regular basis that we that we ask them, and it's it's working well. Yeah. Mm. Actually, sorry, I just clock what Michael Cox had written there. So when we were talking about the retention side, I kind of agree that yes, it probably should go into HR. However, if you've got an open role and there's someone in your company who's capable of doing it, it'd be great if you knew that <laughs> for that that internal mobility. Mm. I just don't think there's enough transparency of that yet. We can seem yeah. to better always go outside and find people. Exactly, okay. but but I mean, but that's something what you can. I think where um, <laughs> technical solutions can help, Excuse right? Me. Sorry, oh. Michael's picking me up on uh, how I pronounce my H. HR. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think that that's something what 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 really helps. Yeah, when you when you have mm. a pool and and you also have all the skills of, of yeah. your kind of internal candidates and also the external. And, and you just sit together with the hiring manager and you probably don't even need a job description. Yeah, you just go into the mm. search and say, okay, what kind of candidate do you need for that position? Um, mm. and, and, and you just look in your talent pool and, and you narrow down the mm. profile and you kind of just build a relationship to them and then talk to them. And mm. I mean, then you, you, don't, you, you just save the whole process, right? You don't, mm. you don't wait until you, kind of, you, you write a job description and then you think about mm. your recruiting strategy. You just yeah. kind of, Grab into the pool, get the right candidate out of it, and see what you can what you can do with it. Oh, yeah? Could you imagine your recruiters using their own talent pools to recruit from? Sorry, Mike, I bet you do. But other than that, <laughs> like, who does that? Well, a lot of that comes into tools. If you have a dusty old ATS, you can't source from it. You just actually no. can't, which is crazy. Yeah. They're all having to put tools on top of the ATS, aren't they? We've had that on yeah. the previous show. Yeah. And then boatloads for the ATS, and then you spend boatloads so you can search in it. It's completely crazy. Yeah. I mean, the, the problem is that, that ATSs are um, they're job based, right? And uh, but I mean, for, for this kind of thinking, you need a candidate based tool, and not not mm. a job based tool where you have open positions. Um, so yeah. I think that's the, the problem. Sorry, do, we're we're being slightly distracted by the side channel at the moment, Carl. Apologies. Yeah, I, I, I also have <laughs> some funny stuff here. Question for Mary: If your recruitment process is honest and transparent reflective of your company and your onboarding process is great and you have lots of fun stuff as well as actual career opportunities, surely retention takes care of itself. I mean, yes, but does every company have all of that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think it's not only always about culture. Sometimes they are also looking for just for new challenges and it's probably mm. something you can't influence with culture. Yeah, maybe it's, yeah. for instance, for engineers, they just want to learn sometimes a new technology. Um, mm. And, and they probably still love your company, but they just look for something else. And, yeah, and I think that's something. About culture, truckers won't care about culture necessarily because they're in their truck on their own. So just yeah. 
A lot of the culture stuff, like you saw the video of me going down the slide in Ovo offices, much as that was great fun. Where was that? That was hilarious. That's yeah, a great I know. And it went really fast. I thought I was going to die. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but that's all designed for extroverts. So even though I'm really loud, I fall on the introvert side. I do not like working in an office. I like working on my own in silence. And it, so it's like a lot of the cultures are these we've got really open plan offices and we've got funky little breakout areas and they're all designed for extroverts be quite interesting at some point if it backlashes (laughs) yeah you know like the um the the german linkedin sing they just did a rebranding and they they call themselves now new work um it's the the new company name the new company name is not sing anymore it's new work because everyone is just talking about new work and we're really agile and we have open offices and so on. But I think it's, it's, it's just not, I think it's, 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 it's not something for everyone. I think just for some companies, it's, it's not the right method of, of working. Yeah. And, and, and probably they would, all the, the KPIs would probably go down when they start um, having open offices, shared desks yeah. and so on. So I think you always have to see it very individually, company by company. Yeah. And someone was, um, oh, it was my gym instructor was telling me that his friend is a really senior partner in a law firm and he no longer has a permanent office. So that used to be one of the perks. You'd get your big office, wouldn't you? So you got, he's got a locker. And so what he does, because he just he doesn't get any work done, is he just forgets to book an office and doesn't turn up at work. So he works from home. <laughs> so yeah. He's just like, I can't stand it. I know, it's crazy. So I, I think we've gone too far the other way. But I quite like Reward Gateway have um, great offices because they have little booths and stuff. But I would go and hide all day. You wouldn't see me. I'd be in the booth. <laughs> I'd come out from the booth and go back. Hmm? That's the key for mix, right? Some people, I think I'd be pretty comfortable right in the middle in there. But um, yeah. then there's, it would be nice to kind of go hide in a corner and have some privacy. Yeah. I think the easiest way to find out is just ask them, if they like networking. See, you quite like networking a room and I completely don't, right? I think that's your easy answer as to where people Probably, fall. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Audrey would be right. She'd be off talking to everyone. I'd be like hiding in the corner. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> oh, my God, Michael's um, comment so funny. I want to hear more about, like, your, about your, your CRM. Mm-hmm. So, so, which is it? Is it like email marketing or like drip campaigns or what, what tool kind of tool is it? Yeah, it's it's everything. Um, so it's 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 also it's email marketing, it's drip campaign, it's kind of uh, event recruiting. So yeah, you can build landing pages. Um, you can you can also use it for active sourcing. So you can also use it for kind of outbound purposes that you have some kind of browser extensions and you kind of save your your leads in different pools and and from there kind of um, um, yeah kind of. Yeah, reaching out to those candidates and uh, and try to build a build a relationship. Um, yeah, it's about kind of yeah, getting the content from those candidates. Um, so it's also GDPR ready. Um, so and automated oh, campaigns, automated workflows. So there, there's really lots of uh, lots of functionality uh, in in there, um, which yeah, just just helps you in all aspects to get the right people in the pool and to mm-hmm. engage with them. Yeah? What's the landing page builder like? Is it kind of like drag and drop or is there templates or how do you build it? Yeah, so in that case, we use an external technology, um, which we kind of build inside the tool and, and that way you can just very easily uh, kind of what, what you see is what you get like, um, you know, 
get your logo and yeah, you, do, you don't need to have good programming skills because then probably the recruiters wouldn't use it. So I think that's always always really important that you have just a, a great usability and um, yeah, just don't don't need to have any coding skills. Yeah. yeah. God, recruitment has got so complicated. Landing pages. And what I also really like is kind of that kind of lead scoring mechanisms. Um, so you can also, a bit like like when you do marketing automation, um, mm. for, for instance, what, what, what we do when, when customers um, do kind of download an infographic or maybe a case study of, um, mm. of, of us, then they get a certain scoring in the background and we know above a certain score, the likelihood of buying our software is higher. And so, and I think that kind of um, thinking also applied to um, to recruiting and to candidates is really interesting. Just to see on depending on the kind of the quality they engage with you as a as a company, they have mm. different scorings in the background, and, and you see who are really the warm leads for you. You should maybe focus on and maybe even even call them directly if you're looking for them. And who are the ones where you maybe need to kind of do something before and really build that relationship, maybe invite them to events and. And, and really see how you get them kind of further in the in your pipeline. Well, yeah, but was, too, oh, sorry. Go yeah, on. Sorry. It's interesting because we can see if someone's coming back every day, and we know okay, they really, really want to work for our company. But that doesn't tell you much about you know quality. Maybe that's it's just it's tricky. Yeah, but, I mean that tells you about interest in your company, yeah. and, just, and this combined yeah. with the skills is, is kind of very, very powerful information for you. Yeah, I mean, of course, that's the first thing that you want to see where how how well they uh, kind of match to your skills. Um, yeah. And the other thing is more okay, do I how how, how do I have to reach out to them? Yeah. yeah, no, that's a good point. Definitely, if you know if you know it's high, you can just give them a call. And we also have a thing where we Whoa, no telephone. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> But you're right, if they hit your career site once in a year, you know you have to try harder mm -hmm. and use some of the you know clever skills yeah. to get the attention. I like yeah. That's by the way, question I have. So our um, our sales was complaining that, that the people in UK they don't like to pick up the phone. So you say yeah. that it's much easier to get appointments via phone in Germany than in the UK. Really? Um, so apparently uh, hmm. yeah, you you don't like to call, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> They're really like, it's quite bizarre. So if you call me and I, I, I whoa, sorry, I just so turned my phone over. There are like 16 messages on it. Um, so I look at my phone and I choose to answer. If I answer, I'm giving you permission to speak. But some people think, oh, no, I couldn't possibly call anybody. So you actually have the people not wanting to call people, creating the whole, I, you mustn't call. Like nobody wants to talk. It's quite bizarre. There's a, to me, it's like I answer the phone. But you, you must have your number show. If your number doesn't show, people won't answer. So if it's yeah. like a you know private number or silent number or whatever they call them these days. Yeah, it's it's not but yeah. Okay. Yeah. It also anyway, depends how, how you reach out as a vendor. Like I get these emails every every day and they're just like generic crappy emails saying, You need our product, we're gonna solve all your problems. Can we talk today at two? I'm like, no, you're just I don't you didn't even really send me that. It's crap. Where mm. I feel like if they had reached out in a more clever way, I might get on the phone with them. That's really yeah. common with bad vendor emails. But I mean, it's similar to recruitment, yeah. actually. Yeah, I mean, the mm -hmm. same in recruitment, as, as you said. So, I mean, the, the more generic, the, um, yeah, it's, then it's not working. Um, mm. So, you need to have a very clear message, probably, and, and same goes for, for your product. So, we, that's why we see that actually phone is working best, mm. usually. 
when they pick yeah. it up because you can just explain it and and you can it's, it's easier to build a relationship than with those generic emails or linkedin mm. which all look the same i heard that video is also working well um, mm -hmm. by the way also for active sourcing I, I see more and more companies trying this out that you just have yeah. your sourcer kind of having a very personalized message via video to kind yeah. of stand out from the crowd right oh, i can't see the card from here i think it's audro is it Audro or Odro? O O R D O O D R O. I can't remember which one it is. So Mary Palmer would love that. It's because it's specifically for agency side, um, and it works with LinkedIn, and you can send the videos. It's very very yeah. cool. But yeah. I even did it where I I saved a video to YouTube, and was using that to promote Disrupt HR. So I was sending the little video. It's very personal, and people were playing it and responding. I was quite surprised. But I just saved it as a private YouTube video. 30 seconds. As long as the preview looks okay, people will click and hit play. That's good. Yeah, the trick is you put the little button so that they, they can click play and then it takes them yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> I I always, like, usually I already know that I land somewhere else, but I, I still like push it because I'm, I'm really curious what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but we haven't got to that point yet, have we? Just think of how massive our inboxes would need to be. There's an actual video in there. Hmm. But I have to laugh. With some of the disrupt HR slides that they're trying to send through to me and they're like 50 megabyte and they're sending them by email. I can't understand why I'm not getting them. I'm like, guys, come on. <laughs> you still can't send those slides. <laughs> so I think it's going to be ages before we can send a video. But yeah, yeah no, I mean, it is responsive, but I think Audra has a point. It's about seeing that they have a problem and, and saying, well, I see you have this problem. We've got this. Do you want to chat about it more? So that you're hooked, isn't it? Yeah. It's no point I, just going, we, I, I, we can answer all your problems when you don't know what the problems yeah. are. Yeah, so I, I think both as a vendor and as a company, you have to make sure that kind of the, the people who want to buy your software or who want to apply at your company, kind of they <laughs> get the right information. Yeah? So whether it's yeah. kind of about kind of uh, yeah, building relationships with analysts when you want to sell your company, <laughs> uh, not sell your company, but sell your products, um, or um, kind of making sure that you have good reviews in place, because the the market has changed completely, right? The the information is in the in the buyer's head and also in the in the candidate's head, um, mm. and, uh, and and that way you have to make sure that um, yeah that, that mm. they're just able to find the right information and you have the right message out there so that they find it. So and I think it's yeah. shifting more and more towards that that you just have to need the, that you need to have the right marketing in place. Yeah, yeah and that's no, a big that's challenge. Yeah, yeah. That's something so we that's a, we struggle that's a lot with. Yeah, a beautiful lead into next week's show, actually. So we have uh, Cynthia Travella on next week, who's, it's going to be a really interesting show because it's completely, I don't, I disagree with, but thinks that social media recruitment doesn't work. So yeah. you booked it, Audra. I have no idea what she's getting yeah, at. Well, yeah. She spends a lot of time on social media, so I'm just, and we don't know what her angle is going to be. It's, it's, considering I've used it very effectively for many years, I'm quite... Yeah, we're also using it effectively, so... <laughs> I think it's yeah. working, but, but, but maybe she's referring to that, that maybe Facebook career pages are not working if nobody's visiting them. Yeah, I, I agree, but I think it's a, it's a very powerful channel to reach out to people. Yeah, I, I think uh -huh. uh, also that nobody's Facebook pages for anything work. That's where they make their money. <laughs> it's like, uh, it works. they don't charge us, they charge you to promote posts. But yeah, which is quite funny. So that should be an interesting show. Um, this has gone so fast. Um, there are any final things? Actually, where can we find you, Carl? Yeah, you, you, you don't. You, you don't tweet. On, on you, you don't media. tweet. Yeah. I, I don't tweet. That's right. But no. I, I have a, 
I have a LinkedIn <laughs> account, um, and, and I think I will I will start tweeting this year because I, I have. I, a, can I just some... say, a German having a LinkedIn account, this is quite impressive. <laughs> no, I, I'm not using Sing at all anymore. Um, wow. really, I, and and less people, uh, from my point of view, do. I think LinkedIn is becoming more and more prominent, and it's yeah. only a matter of time until it kind of people will only probably use LinkedIn. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Actually, I do, need, I do need to update my Zing profile. So what's it called now? It's disappeared. It's not Zing. Yeah, no work. <laughs> I might be able to find it. Yeah. New work. New work. It's called, the company is now called New Work SE, I think. Yeah. That's weird. Anyway. Although it makes more sense than Zing. So we can find you on LinkedIn and that's it. Cause you don't tweet. How bizarre. Right. <laughs> I, I will sometime this year. I, I, yeah. I will. I will. I will um, yeah. And, and then you can it was just quite funny because we always put the guest's username, and you were the only one that didn't have one. I was like, oh, but, but <laughs> at least the company talent, does. I have talent a, a talentry account. Yeah, so you yeah. can you can kind of put talentry in and, and that. Good. I, I, I will yeah. see it. Run that. Who runs that? Pardon me. Who, who actually tweets from that account? Daniel. Uh, Daniel does. Uh, I yeah. do. Zenra is doing. So everyone who's just um, who's just just using it. Daniel's um, here. He's just been very quiet. Mm. He, yeah. He hasn't. He hasn't said hello. Popped a question in. It, see. Oh, there, yeah. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh, that's quite funny. Yeah, you're in the recruitment and you're not in the. But actually, from the technical people as well, there are lots and lots of technical people on Twitter. That's why I love it so much. So mm -hmm. they okay. just they just don't make it easy. Anyway, I, I we are. <laughs> And we're officially out of time. Again, that went very fast. Thank you so much fair. for coming yeah. on. I wow. know it was quite a lead time from uh, when Daniel got in touch, but we got there. Um, yeah. It was great to, hear, <laughs> great to hear more about where your, where your product's going as well. Yeah. So thank you so much for all of that. Um, bye, guys. Thank you for being so chatty in the side channel as well. And Audra, we shall see you next week, same time. Yeah, right. thanks a lot for, for having me. And of course, if you want to have more information, just reach out to me on, on LinkedIn and I'm happy to yep. provide more Come details. Then. With a personalized Thanks, invite you. to connect. Right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Always. Bye, guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks Bye. a lot, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.